This icon is racist. I've never ever been a spy. Can the VBS bank loot? The problem is that pinky. I'll never subject myself to whiteness. I'm listening. Can you have consistency, Honorable Chair? Corruption was an Olympic sport. They will always win gold. This is not a shape. Sergeant at arms, can you please come in? Hello and welcome to the final edition of Sunday Times Politics Weekly for 2019. It's been a bit of a crazy year for all of us here as journalists and for South Africa at large. I mean, so many political developments throughout the year and we're just hoping for a nice, quiet December. And it's going to be quiet because of Ludwig. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to talk about a few things, sort of wrapping up the year. And before we get going, I just want to say that it's also my last podcast hosting this show. But I'm going to be leaving you in very capable hands. No, what capable hands? <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I saw is leaving. So you're going to be hearing a new host and some new voices next year. But anyway, let's get straight into the last one then. Um, let's start with the biggest thing that happened this year, which was the elections. Um, and those results, the ANC came out slightly less than they did in 2014, with 57.5% of the vote, the DA 20.7%, the EFF, the biggest gainer, um, from 6.3% in 2014 to 107 this year, the IFP from three, uh, now sitting at 3.8%, and the Freedom Front Plus um, now at 2.3% from 0.95 years ago. Freedom Front Plus Deputy Chair Nghateng, Philip Van Staden attributes the party's growth to hard campaigning and voter disenchantment with the DA's current direction. Look, we had a very hard campaign the past year and a half. Um, we went all out on ground level to collect the vote of our supporters and other party supporters, and I think we have done well on that. So we definitely take a chunk out of the DA's votes. You must remember the DA was starting a, a policy to he want to be something for everybody. And the people who was bringing them to till the election of 2040, the party they were, they have actually neglected them. And the people find a home back in the Freedom Front Plus and that's why they came back home and voted for us. So guys, some massive changes that we've seen in elections and we've discussed this before. But since then, um, has there been any seismic shifts in terms of how these political parties are operating with this new found votes, I guess? Hmm. Yeah, major, eh? Well, everything that is happening with the opposition is largely because of that, I think. Mm. Uh, uh, the Freedom Front Plus influence has uh, uh, greatly affected the, uh, the the main opposition party and what has happened with their implosion. Uh, I think what is happening with the metros, especially here in Gauteng, is as a result of that. Mm. Uh, because with uh, a change now in, in dynamics, or with people not getting what they hoped they would get, uh, things changed. Um, so let's, let's talk, let's go straight into that then, Apiwe. Um, so the DA very importantly ejected Musi Maimani as their leader and replaced him with John Steenhazen, even though it's temporarily. There have been several months of consistent and a coordinated attack on me and my leadership to ensure that this project failed or I failed. In fact, this extended to a campaign that was run on the front pages of Afrikaans of the Afrikaans weekly paper in an attempt to undermine my name and my integrity. This cowardly behavior has put my wife and our kids in great danger. Now, 
Did we expect to see a change of leadership from the DA, I mean, earlier this year? And, and why did this happen? It's yeah, just a quick explainer. As I'm saying, it's as a result of uh, the elections. Uh, leading up to the elections, people were saying there was a campaign by some within the DA to frame the party as a party that is in disarray and not to, uh, to cripple the or rather to sabotage their campaigning so that they can be able to use those results to get rid of the guy. Mm -hmm. And they succeeded. Uh, if those rumors were to be believed, this is what exactly what, ha what had happened. Uh, well, would uh, them being united uh, have uh, uh, given them a better chance in winning Gauteng? I, I don't know. But the rise of the Freedom Front Plus played a major role in, in them losing uh, the support that they thought they were going to uh, to gain, especially in Gauteng. So let's throw forward then to 2020. Um, what what are our sort of predictions of what's going to happen with the DA next year? So obviously they're going to go to the elective conference in, in May, I think it is, up here, yeah. where they're going to elect a new leader. Um, and so what are we seeing? What can we expect to see from the DA in 2020? Yeah, you see, uh, your guess is as good as mine <laughs> at this time. <laughs> at this time, your guess is as good as mine. It's still uh, quite... Uh, yeah, I... I it's, it's, quite uh, May is quite a long time from now. Mm -hmm. the, their biggest battle is going to be around their um, policy because they are going to a policy conference. How they emerge out of that is going to give you a clear picture. So maybe by February we can uh, say what's going to happen uh, based on uh, what would have been coming out of uh, the DAs, uh, insiders and, and whoever is going to be speaking publicly. But yeah, it's going to be a, a, a bit of a rough year for them, uh, at least the beginning of the year. Because while you are doing that, you've got your eye on the 2021 20, uh, local government elections. Um, so what do you want to do? Do you want to put more resources in retaining or winning outright the metros that you have just been uh, kicked out of government from? Um, do you just want to consolidate Western Cape and ensure that even those municipalities that were hung there, you win them outright and, and prepare a base maybe for uh, uh, twenty uh, for, for the next uh, national election. I don't know how they are going to approach it. It will depend on how they come out of their own uh, policy conference. So let's talk a little bit about the ANC then, Zimosa and Zingisa. Um, we saw it deteriorate a little bit from 62% to 57%. But a lot of people were saying that at the time, it would have deteriorated a lot more if it wasn't for um, President Silver Maposa being elected in Nazareth in 2017 and his sort of hope and praise around that. As I conclude, allow me to recall the words of the late, great, great Bra Hugh Masekela. In his song, he anticipated a day of renewal, of new beginnings. He sang, I want to be there when the people start to turn it around. I, <laughs> Mary Julius, what's when end? I want to be there when the people start to turn it around, when they triumph over poverty. I want to be there when the people win the battle 
against AIDS. I want to lend a hand. I want to be there for the alcoholic. I want to be there for the drug addict. I want to be there for the victims of violence and abuse. I want to lend a hand. Send me. But we've now had him um, officially as president of the country um, and as president of the ANC for a good few months. So we've been able to sort of assess him a little better. Mm. Um, what's happening there? If, if, if the country were to hold an election today, I, I think, in fact, the ANC would be 35% <laughs> <laughs> because of um, the speed at which we anticipated the president to start rebuilding what had been broken between that and what we see or don't see happening i don't at the moment i don't think anyone knows what's happening what we do know is that uh, we don't have electricity there was supposed to be a new dawn we don't know what that means anymore um the president looks as confused as as all of us so yeah i've directed that the sabotage acts must be investigated and they must immediately work with the South African Police Service and our intelligence service as well to find out exactly how anyone within ESCOM could have disconnected the instrument that has led uh, to the loss of 2,000 megawatts. You know... <laughs> Chief, as far as I'm concerned, I mean, I'm sure, I, I think everyone, as much as I'm saying, if there were to be elections today, the ANC would probably do worse than it would have ever done. I mean, first of all, for me, it was always a fallacy that the ANC retained power because of Ramaphosa. It retained power because of the Ramaphosa PR, not because of him. It was the whole PR that was built around him. The ANC is a much more stronger, you know, institution than the individuals within it. But of course, you can always build an individual into it and drive a serious and expensive PR campaign that the ANC did around Ramaphosa. Even on Zuma in, in 2014, had despite all his problems, had they invested on PR around him to clean his image, the ANC was always going to emerge, you know. So. But secondly, the, the, he was painted as this messiah of the new dawn, uh, you know, cleaning up and all those things. But so far, I mean, really, uh, all of us can see that uh, it's much more of a sunset uh, than the new dawn. <laughs> Let's look into next year again. Um, next year, the ANC is going to its NGC, if I'm not mistaken. That's its National General Conference. And that's sort of its midway conference between its next elective conference in the years to come. Um, what what are we, wh with these shifts in the political space, wh what do we... Sort of foresee happening at that NGC next year. Can we make any predictions right now, or do you think there's going to be just massive? Is that going to be used as many are saying as a massive battle platform between the two factions? I think so. I, I think so. I think it's going to be a, a, a factional war uh, more than anything. Both factions now the new new Dawn faction uh, holds the hegemon within the ANC, and the other faction uh, that lost in Nazarek is still fighting to gain back that uh, hegemony that they lost. And they've got the SG, which is Isma Khashule, mm. at the helm of the party. And uh, they seem to stand a better chance if history is anything to go by in terms of damping their authority. I don't foresee any change of leadership, but I think the NGC would be used as a platform to send a statement between these two factions as to who has more power within the ANC structures. And as I say, 
if history has anything to tell us, uh, anyone who's the Secretary General always stands a better chance of sending political statement in events of that nature. And it would seem that Ace Rashford, if well, if he gets there while still in that position, maybe he will send a very strong statement that he is in charge of the ANC, which would be very problematic for President Sirman Mahosa going forward. The NGC, I also don't foresee any changes in leadership, but I foresee a very strong um, stance from the Ace Mahashule faction, mm. mainly because of the Nasrek uh, policy resolutions, because those are still the most contentious issues in the ANC. In the NEC, you you look at you look at what uh, Ace would say perhaps regarding the, the, the Reserve Bank or how to handle the SOEs, and then you look at what Tito says, they are always at odds with each other. So when you gather branches of the ANC and you say the leadership of the ANC has failed to deliver on what we agreed, then it casts a no-confidence vote on President Cyril Ramaphosa and his leadership, but it's not going to remove him. But it will say, this guy is not good enough. Perhaps let's find a better person for the next conference. That's what I think. Yeah, no, I agree with, with you guys. And in fact, um, if you look at how post-elections uh, have played out and how who got appointed where, you would see that uh, ACE's faction is, fact, is in fact still uh, fairly in charge. Um, to such an extent that even if when you are looking at the change of power here in Gauteng, in this local municipality, ACE's office was the driving force. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in fact, following that, he sent a, a communique to say everyone in every province where there are hung municipalities, uh, you talk to via the office of the SG. And people who are part of that include NTZ, include uh, Lindy, where, uh, not um, uh, Mama Action, Nomvula Mokonyan, Maswale from yeah. the Eastern Cape. So it's people who have been around. So, so, so when you, you, you see changes and you see his hand is very much evident. You saw... In fact, in the in parliament, in the deployments of in the... the, the yes, yeah. yes, yes. And you look at that, you look at the fact that uh, uh, former minister Bongo had been uh, arrested, but he's still there, <laughs> despite the fact that we are in the alleged new dawn. Yeah. <laughs> um, you look at Batabile Lamini going back uh, to, 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 to have a role in, in government. And also, you must not, uh, uh, you must not uh, discount the rumors about uh, uh, Lindy Sisulu uh, having a campaign because her campaign is very much married to uh, the faction of uh, Ace Mahashule, mm -hmm. the faction of Batabile Lamini and the Women's League. So the guy, uh, it seems as if that faction is stronger than it would have been the very next day after uh, uh, Nazareth. Yeah. 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 It seems as if it has, it has built a lot of steam. It, it might be that at an EC level, because numbers are numbers uh, at the end of the day, they may still have that grip. But I mean, when you take it to, to, to the branches, it's quite different. Yes, there's not much uh, motivation for you to use money at an NGC level mm -hmm. because there are no votes. Yeah. Unless you want to force a vote, but there are no votes. So you want to plant an idea there. Mm. And the use of money is going would be limited as opposed to a national conference. Right. So if you want to capture the delegates at that level, I think he 
has a, a better chance, chance than uh, Tumamina, who yeah. is in government now, and people can 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 stand up and raise and say, but we resolved on uh, a nationalization. You have your government has not uh, moved in, in in parliament. We resolved on uh, the Reserve Bank. You guys have not moved. You guys uh, promised us that you're going to turn around state-owned entities, but you see what has been happening. You see the resignations or the firing of CEOs at, at these parastatals, and it seems as if the most important one, which is ESCOM, is not having a turnaround despite the two years that you've had uh, in charge of them, yeah. if we're speaking now. Uh, so so there, there are a lot of things to use to attack him now than they were before. 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 So basically we've got the governing party and its official opposition in this massive factional fight. But on the other hand, you've got the EFF, who seem to be united around Julius Malema more than ever. Now, yeah. the EFF is going to um, a conference this week, Sengisa, is it not? Yeah. And I, I think this year, for me, has been a real year where we've get, get gotten a glimpse of Julius Malema in terms of all the scandals around him and Floyd Shivambu. Um, I don't think ever before have we seen so many recurring exposés about their sort of shenanigans in terms of their finances and how they live these luxury lives and of, of what kind of money. And that's with the emergence of VBS, um, those allegations and stuff like that. It's a waste of time. And, uh, it's a waste of a, a, a court's time. And uh, yeah, so we'll deal with it. That's what white people do. Um, 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 if they disagree with you, they, they always want to get you into court. They always want to arrest you. It's a pure apartheid tactics. That's what happens in the past. That's what happened in the past. We continue to see that. But we are happy to be dragged to court by the Boers. That's what makes us happy. Because it means there's something right we're doing. They are not after Ramaphosa. They are not after Bantu Olomisa. They are not after Terra Lakota. They are after the EFF, which means the EFF is up to something. That's why they are forever uh, on the case of the EFF. So we, we don't even feel uh, bad. When you have different factions in, for example, the ANC or the DA, and your leader has been criticized or has been shown that there's um, really, really strong allegations against him, you normally have these factions sort of using this as ammunition yeah. whereas with the EFF it's a different story no matter how much you expose against Julius and Floyd they always seem to get the backing of their, their constituencies and their memberships yeah well that, that's that's exactly how it works my guy as you say the whole thing of VBS started last year yeah but they went on to elections to be the biggest benefactor in terms of the growing their support so yeah in that regard it's quite interesting but i think it's also uh, motivated by the manner in which the eff is structured we've said this time and again that the eff structure is one of an autocratic type of you know uh, leadership mm -hmm. whereby everything is centered around this messiah being their leader Julius Malema and you see even during these exposes what instead happens is a, you know a, def a defense force of the eff coming into full force defending their leader uh, but politically, in terms of the role that they've played uh, this year, uh, the EFF, uh, you know, after, uh, besides the gaining of the, uh, the electoral support in the May elections, I think 
uh, they've been quite disappointing in terms of what is their political program. You would remember that in the previous administration up to uh, the fall of uh, former President Jacob Zuma last year, the EFF was quite known for what it was. And I think that's where they missed the point, in that they personalized their politics. They, 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 they centered their entire program around this problematic leader that was former uh, President Zuma. And after his fall, that's the completely lost direction because there was no political program that is on principle and is not based on who is in charge or who is not in charge. Uh, to be quite frank, they've been found wanting on many issues. Other than issuing statements, we haven't seen the type of actions, uh, the extreme actions that the EFF employed uh, under President Jacobson. They are yet to go to the streets, but they released, the, actually, in terms of releasing statements, uh, this year they've been much more aggressive than any other time, but it only ends the statements. They haven't taken to the streets in Parliament. They are calmer. Well, outside uh, they are that little <laughs> confrontation with Pravin Kotan, whom also is a personal issue. I think the EFF, in te the, the, their problem is personalizing, pro uh, you know, uh, these things. Meaning that their principles and ideologies, they don't implement them and follow up on them and and, and act quite so decisively. Sh so shooting forward again to next year, do you think that after this conference, that's going to change at all? Do you think they'll have more policy direction and a plan forward and how to deal with the issues in parliament and how to sort of communicate as the party? I don't think so. Uh, I think, uh, you know, to be quite frank, I mean, the, the EFF is a party of Julius Manning and it will take the direction he wants. It will become more aggressive and biting when he wants it to be like that. It will take these cautious uh, strategies that they've employed this year if he wants it to be that way. Um, but, you know, I, I think they are just happy that they continue to grow during elections. Uh, and I think, I, in fact, next year, I think they might be more, uh, much more aggressive given that there will be uh, 2021 local government mm -hmm. elections uh, on the radar in that they will, and, and with the DA and the ANC both in disarray, one thing that Julius has been good with, uh, with the EFF is that he understands how to occupy a gap when there is one. And there is now, given the fictional battles within the NC and the DA and it would be good for him mm. and the EFF to exploit that to their to its fullest in 2020 so that in 2021 to the local government elections they are seen as the better between uh, you know among the top three uh, political parties. Uh, Zimasa another big and significant um, political sort of milestone this year was um, the stepping down of IFP leader Mangasutu Basilezi um, after how many years in, 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 at the top of the IFP? Since 76, count quickly. Five years, something like that. Yeah. 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 My mother so, is not even 45. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, obviously, easy. Yeah, I saw no, it's not. not. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, we, we're, we're going to see some sort of tectonic shifts within the IFP, or is it going to be exactly the same? No, it's it's definitely going. It's 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 changed already. I can I can I can see that it's changing. Well, initially when we had an interview with the new leader, Velengosenishabis, he spoke about rebuilding from the ground, and he's been on a national campaign. He's been in Limpopo, he's been in, I think last week he was in Bumalanga, where he goes to communities, he communicates the message of the IFP, the constitution of the IFP, his rallies with people, he's signing up membership. So he's moving um, away from the perception that, no, the IFP is just a KZN Zulu Nationalist Party, uh, it's for old people and it's just for, you know, let's beat up people, uh, it's it's only relevant at taxi ranks and at and, and hostels. I think he's doing well there. But in terms of whether or not the guy has power as, as a leader, obviously he's not going to have the same power that Mutelezi had. But uh, something strange happened last week. 
the IFP has been in sort of an arranged marriage with the DA. Okay, in 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 KZN, in a lot of of hung municipalities in KZN, but also in in the city of Johannesburg, they were voting with the DA. Um, as far as we knew and we understood, the decision of the NEC of the IFP was that even with what happened in, in, in Johannesburg last week, they were going to continue supporting the DA. Mm. And uh, all of a sudden, they you know, started supporting the ANC. They even have two MMC positions. Mm. So um, we, we, we're going to see what happens next, but our understanding is that that was not uh, the NEC's decision. Uh, whoever orchestrated the deal here in Johannesburg did not have the blessings of Labisa, so it looks like he's being undermined somewhere, but yes, he is rebuilding somewhere. So next year promises to be an, uh, an even crazier year than this year. Um, as much as there's been some sort of stability and we got to know some of our new leaders and new parties, the run-up to the 2021 local government elections is going to cause a ruckus within much of the parties going forward. So we've got a very interesting political year coming up next year, and unfortunately, I'm not going to be here to see it. You want to come back in 2021? I must come back and host this show just in January. <laughs> just <for laughs> then I think we need him here every Tuesday. We demand. I'm but sure just, the listeners are coming. Yeah. I just want to say before we leave that thank you all so much for listening in. We've started the show from zero listeners just a year ago and we've we've grown it somewhat substantially in the time i just want to thank everybody for listening in and for supporting and sharing our podcast i want to thank the rest of the team for coming in and dedicating themselves every week and to Paige as well our producer who always seems to get things out on time for us um next year we're going to obviously try and make this podcast I'm sure people would like to hear the voice of Paige. Paige yeah, say say hi. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> this goes against everything that i do here hi everybody i'm Paige muller nice to meet you <laughs> finally, finally. please subscribe to our show on iono fm spotify or wherever you get your podcast i think we've just found our new host and with that i just want to say guys have a good christmas and the festive new year we shall catch you back. Well, everybody else in the studio, I mean, we'll catch you again in the first week of January. Take care then.